Hey guys, this is Sanctified Studio. My name is Jason. I'm here with Nikki. Hey! I'm here with a special guest. We have Bonnie with us. Say hi, Bonnie. Hello. Today, guys, we're going to bring you something new. Today, we have the first episode of our redemption series, Road to Recovery. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited. Um, this 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 uh, series, guys, we're going to focus on recovery. We're going to focus on uh, addictions. We're going to go um, we're going to go deep from, uh, you know, the past, present, future uh, and how Jesus played a huge part in all of that. Um, so, like I said, this is Bonnie. She um, she's in our church. We're, we're, we're some church peoples here. Yeah. Uh, what's cool about this scenario and, or this relationship is, is that uh, we, we, we don't really we haven't known Bonnie for too long, but we've been praying for her longer. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's really cool. Um, uh, we've only I think we, well, we've only technically known each other for less than a year or so. Yes. Um, we Nikki and I were actually at, uh, one of our, our first or second small groups uh, we were in. You were also a part of at one time uh, the Paredes group, I believe, Christian yes. Cartel and yes. all of them. Shout yes. out. Yes. Awesome Wonderful people. folks, Love right? Them. Yes. So it's funny because um, I think you, you weren't in that group at the time, like in and out maybe. And and we were praying for you at that moment. Oh, God we were, bless you. Thank we were you. praying into into your your struggles uh, just because we, we had heard, you know, you were struggling and it was an ongoing issue and stuff. And so there were many nights you know, we're like, who is this Bonnie girl? I'm not sure, but we're going to pray. Oh, that's so kind. I know. Thank isn't that you. neat? I thought that was, that was really cool. And now here we are full circle and you're on our that's show. That's the power of prayer right there. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that, that's the truth. Um, so, so let's, let's, let's dive in here. Um, on your road to recovery, I, let, let's first get it out of the way. It, was it a drug addiction, huh? Yes. Okay. What, what, what drug? Many drugs. Many different drugs. Many not, different okay. drugs. Um, mostly meth and heroin and fentanyl. Wow. Some heavy ones. Yeah. Those are like long the top there. ones. Yeah. Jeez. That's rough. Very. Let's, let's dive into your childhood here. It sounded like, it sounds like you always knew Jesus in a way, right? Yes. I was, I was um, born to a very strong mother. <laughs> and um, I was raised by my mom and her mom and her dad, my grandma and grandpa. Um, I was baptized Catholic. Mm. I was went through my first communion and my confirmation. Went to church every Sunday. Um, I loved it. I had a great experience in the Catholic Church. I mm. learned to pray my rosary when I was a little tiny girl. And cool. Um, my two favorite people have always been my mom and my grandmother. So uh, mm. yes, I. I've Were you raised up here? Yes. Well, you know, with my mom, she lived in the city and we moved around a lot down there. Um, but yeah, every time I was up here with my grandparents. So Awesome. Yes. Gotta love it up here. Up here, we mean the White Mountains. The White Mountains, yes. Sholo and Pine Top. Beautiful country. Love it up here. God's country for sure. That's for sure. Man. So what kind of, how was childhood? My childhood was not the best. <laughs> it was very, very rough. Um, I did cherish my time with my, with my grandparents. It was like heaven to me. Unfortunately, my father um, suffered from some psychological issues, and he was a heavy alcoholic and an addict. Oh, wow. And... Um, what, do you know what he struggled with? Like um, as far as drugs or just a lot of alcohol? Yeah, abuse? yeah, he was alcohol and, and meth, wow. and he, um, was, he was schizophrenic. Oh, wow. So, um, but 
long line of history of you know mental illness in his family and, and a lot of addiction okay. in his side of the family as well. But um, he started to um, he started to violate me when I was about six months old. Jeez. And um, he was not kind to my mother either. He seemed to be, um, you know, he was rough with my brother, but he wasn't didn't violate him. You know what I mean? Sure. So, yeah, for, for 10 years we moved around a lot because he would find us and break in and, and, you know, harm us and my mom. And she worked like two and three jobs at a time. She, she did everything she could to keep us safe. She was a great mother, provided everything that we needed. Mm-hmm. And... Always, we just kept moving, trying to stay away from him, stay ahead of his next action, because he was, he was brutal. Wow. Yeah, he was, I called him Monster. That was my dad's name, was Monster. That's terrible. Jeez Louise. Your mom is a great woman. She's amazing. Yeah, her her mom, Mary, also goes to our, our church. She's wonderful. Shout out, Mom. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So a lot of trauma early on. Yes, intense trauma. Yes. Those are like this, the pivotal years, too, right? You know, it's like, man. Yeah. So common, too, out there these days. Yeah. So a lot of intense trauma when you were younger. Walk, walk us through some more of that. What about, um, like, so this is what, how old would you be in around, around this time? Around what time, I'm sorry? For all the trauma, like, was that from uh, childhood through 10 or so? It was, yeah. It started when I was six months old. My mom separated from my father when I was 18 months old. Um, so, yeah, um. She remarried when I was when I was ten years old. So, whenever he would find us, or like I was up here every summer, mm-hmm. and he was he was uh, savvy at finding ways to you know find me when I was track up you here. guys down. Yeah, Jeez and then the when I was up here in the summertime, so my mom could have some you know time mm-hmm. to work and some relief when we were not in school. He like I remember I was at my grandmother's house and he had made friends with a, a guy down the street was a father to a friend that I always went over to her house. Oh, wow. I showed up one day to play with her, and he was outside in the, in the, what do you call it, the, like the, the front playhouse, you know okay. what I'm saying, that we played, and he was sitting inside the playhouse. Jeez so I went Louise. in there, and, and he was just sitting in there. And like, That's super creepy. Yeah, and she went to step in, and, and I don't recall exactly what he did to make her go away, but yeah, that was, that was a very bad attack. And that was like three day, three houses down from my grandmother's home. And, mm-hmm. and I don't remember going home, you know, for, I don't remember exactly when I went home, but I just remember hours of pushing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he would just show up just to terrorize you guys. And yeah. Or he would, you know, heck? I have cousins and stuff like that over here. So I would show up at a cousin's house and he would find out I was there. And, you wow. know, everybody That's on that twisted. side of my family just turned their, Turn their eyes as to, you know, it was shame on me for saying anything. It was always shame on me for oh, saying wow. anything. Kind of made you feel guilty or something about it. Yeah, there is, it's an odd thing because, and I know what it is, and I can say, it, I have the strength now in my life to say it for what it is. So my father was, was white, blonde hair, blue eyed, and, and that's, you know, they were, they were white and proud of that. My mother is Hispanic mm. and um, beautiful Hispanic woman, but. Um, they were not fond of the fact that I was a child that was half Hispanic. Oh, sure. My brother was too, but he was born with blonde hair and he looked very much like their side of the family. So he was a golden child, you know? So I, however, was very much mistreated and and I knew very early on that that I was not accepted. There was a difference. There was a difference, yes. Oh, geez. And so, yeah, it was always shame on me and whichever, they facilitated whatever. Mm -hmm. Like I said, there was a sickness in that side of the family. Yeah. And not yeah. all of them. There's good ones there too. I'm sure. Just, 
Yeah. A lot of troubles, though. Yeah, he knew who to work to his advantage and who would go his way on that side of the family to get for him to get what he wanted. Wow. So it's like, it's, it's deep. It was pretty deep. Yeah. Jeez Louise. Wow. So what about your adolescence? adolescence. Teenage years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 oh, my life. It's a good thing it's all for great purpose. Um, so... You know, my mom married my dad when I was 10 years, my stepdad when I was 10 years old. I called my dad. They were married for 23 years. Mm-hmm. He was also an alcoholic. Um, and he did get, he was a bit heavy handed, I guess you could say. However, he provided us a really good life. We always had a home. My, mm. my father stopped, my biological father stopped binding us and, you know, harming us. Um, we got to travel to the different beautiful places. We got to experience wonderful things. We went on camping trips. You know, it was a nice, stable life wow. for the most part. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I knew that, all things considered, I knew he loved me. And I knew he loved my mom, and I knew he loved my brother. So, um, so when I was 10, let's see, we lived in the valley. Um, we moved, moving on up is what I called it, because <laughs> we went from the ghetto um, to, and my mom's struggling, to uh, North Phoenix, where we had a house with a pool in our own bedrooms. And my mom had, you know, she still worked a lot, but she was, you know, around more. And um, then he worked... For him to work, climb the corporate ladder, he had to move frequently. So we moved to Great Falls, Montana. Hmm. And it was a little odd at first, but, you know, took yeah. maybe six months or so and kind of got my groove going on there. And, you know, shortly thereafter, had to move again, moved to Huntington Beach, California. I love that place. Yeah, I've been there <laughs> plenty of times. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, especially after Montana blizzards. Oh, I was so happy. What a difference. Yeah. <laughs> no more snow. Right. <laughs> and you, how old were you when you moved to Huntington Beach? 14. 14? Yeah. Okay. So I got there, um, and this is something, I'm going to be completely vulnerable and transparent. Um, something that, some of these things I'm about to say are, my, my own mother doesn't know, and like she's my best friend, she knows Wow, okay. Pretty much everything. So when I was 14 um, and I got, we got to Huntington Beach, I started to feel very uncomfortable in my own skin. I was happy to be there. I was so happy. Um, and I started to feel depressed. I started to feel awkward. I started to feel um, just different. Like turning inward? Turning inward and very dark. Why do you think that was? And hopeless. Um, because I know now, because I was experiencing psychological disturbances. I see. And um, it was a process of, you know, several years of coming to understand that I was hearing voices. Mm. And, um, and I was experiencing, you know, psychotic episodes. Okay. And I didn't know what they were. I didn't know how to express myself. And I had gone through situations where, you know... I'd be talking to my friends, and then I'd come to, and they'd be off in the distance, you know, talking to each other, and I was just left there by myself, and I had no wow. idea what had happened. Being in a car with a friend, and, you know, I think I'm having a conversation. All of a sudden, she's yelling at me for something that I had said, and I had no idea what I had said. Um, so, like, having gaps of memory. Gaps of memory, yeah. Oh. And, and hum- so humiliating. And oh, I I'm sure, yeah, that'd be strange. Like, how do you explain that to a, a, yeah, a friend, or, or when it happens, how do you, yeah, it's, yeah. Wow totally overcome with just like, I hope this doesn't happen again. I hope this doesn't happen again. And, and you know, th- like this isn't just hoping self-conscious about it. So, yes. Yes. And, wow. and so I, I, I stopped talking. Like, I mean, I was talking to people, but I was, I became so shy, so introverted. So, mm-hmm. and I was just, I was so terrified that anybody would find out that I was, you know, having problems because I didn't want to be like my father. 
Oh shoot! You're thinking like, oh no, is is this, is it setting in in me what was had yeah. set into my father? Yeah. Whoa! Worried about if it's the same condition. Right? Or... Am I gonna hurt a child? Oh my goodness! Am I gonna be a monster? Am I gonna? Oh wow! And okay. so my life shut down at that point. And so, I um a friend had offered me marijuana, and you know, I'm pretty desperate. And so I smoked it, and that was not good. I was like a blackout drunk. And Whoa. I just blacked out, yeah. Which is not typical um, experience, I would say, that most people have with it. So this is affecting you different. Yes. Yes. Wow. Blacked. And, and I'm grateful that that person that had offered me to smoke with me stayed with me oh. and, and waited until I, I guess I was like, we were on the on the beach in Huntington. Oh, beach. I see. And, and I guess I was like being belligerent or whatever and i he let me you know exhaust myself where i passed out on the beach and it was the sun was coming up when Jeez. i woke up and he was like wow that don't do that again i was dumb. what an experience <laughs> whoa yeah so um that was the start of me putting myself in situations that are was not that the first drug that you had tried yeah it was marijuana yes. so in your case it truly was a gateway drug yes wow it surely was uh, what about um alcohol had you sort of experimenting with alcohol at this point um, no, that was after that. I, wow. I, you know, but I, I got myself so sick. Oh, oh, Jeez. I got so sick. <laughs> yeah. About yeah. I was like, happens. no. Plus my, my dad my stepdad and my brother, you know, alcoholics. Like yeah. My brother became, started drinking, you know, I think we were like in seventh or eighth grade or something. Mm -hmm. I just, I, the smell of it. I just, yeah. Yeah. And that was ma making myself so sick. I just didn't want to do that again. So, but yeah, then a, another person offered me meth. Mm -hmm. and, Around the uh, same time period, your age just shortly after the marijuana. Wow. Yeah, and so um, I thought that was just the answer. I thought that was the answer because it made me feel clear, and I felt you know like I could control my thoughts, and I oh, felt wow. completely lucid. There was no you know nothing holding me back. What is the word? Um, Hmm. inhibited or what's the word oh okay Un unrestricted you felt yeah, yeah. Um, just kind of open maybe or yeah yeah wow yeah totally clear like, like busting out of your shell or yeah, something yeah yeah there was no no um hesitation with anything okay. i just felt like my old self again oh wow you know it's chatty like, talking with people and stuff yes and that's and interesting I was, I was good to go there for a while yeah and then wow. that blew up in my face and so i had to end up asking my mom um for some help you know, they, they'd put me into a, a facility um, because I was so out of control. They put me into a facility, but she couldn't bear seeing me in there. So I think it was like after three or four days, she she made them pull me out of there. And mm -hmm. it probably wasn't the best place for me. Mm. Um, there was people that were much worse, you know, psychosis than I was experiencing. Oh, wow. Okay. So, and it was traumatizing to go through. But she, then they put me to an outpatient center that basically just made friends with other people like me trying to get through the same way as I was sure wasn't the best situation but it's it, you know shortly after that I had to ask for help and and my mom wonderful woman she is she got me into charter hospital mm -hmm. and it helped me for a, a good period of time good it got me on medication I needed and mm -hmm. you know wow yeah. so you, you struggle with the math for quite a while I struggled with it all the way up till ten and a half months ago. Yep, yep. That's wild. So you mentioned you mentioned the math, you know, kind of making you feel like it was like a. Would you think it was like a? Do you think it made you you feel like it was a short term answer? Yeah, you know, 
putting this, preparing myself for this podcast, there's yeah. several things that have come to, come up, and it's it's hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Mm. Um, looking back, I recall my father telling um, telling me several times, "I'm not going to get on medication. I got my medication." Okay. Oh, his substance. And shaking his bag of meth. Oh, wow. You know, or snorting the line in like front of him. this helps you know. me. Yes, this is my, and he would get enraged, you know. Oh, I'm not, I don't have problems. I, I, I just need this, you know, his drugs. And, Dang. Wow. Yeah. So, hmm. I mean, it's kind of a common thing with people that have some certain psychosis. They do believe that it helps them. And it's, yeah, it's just the way that it, it yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, like a Band-Aid. Mm-hmm. Man, but like next level. Next level Band-Aid. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Band-Aid, it's, yeah. Tricky Band-Aid. It's a devil's, you know. Absolutely. It's a false Band-Aid. That's right. Jeez. Um, man, so let's talk a little more. So this is like, you know, your late, your early teens. Mm-hmm. Where, where were you living at this time? Were you like in and out of facility? Um, in Huntington Beach? I was, yeah, yeah I was in a... Um, I was in two different facilities. Okay. So, like I said, the one, the first one was just for a few days, but then I did outpatient. Oh. Uh-huh. Um, my memory lapses aren't the, the yeah. best yet. <laughs> sure. But I do recall the IOP might have been like thirty or sixty days or something like okay. that. Yeah. And then I was at Charter Hospital for thirty days. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I did an IOP for thirty days after that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I believe so. So. Um, What's an IOP? I'm sorry. It's an outpatient. It's an intensive outpatient therapy. Now I think it's mainly for um, like um, used for for addiction recovery. But back then mm-hmm. it was for I don't know if they still do it or not. But for when you go through um, when you go to a psych hospital and they release you, it's just kind of an aftercare day program. Sure. Okay. Okay. Thank Can, you. I'm sorry. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for explaining <laughs> thanks for that. Asking. <laughs> That's good. So you're getting treatment. And then, so how, how did the treatment go? It went great. I was able to get um, some medication to regulate, you know, regulate me and, and some therapy, some skill therapy. It actually changed my life, and, and I was doing very, very great. And then we um, moved to Colorado, mm. and I was around some, some really great people. I had met a friend named Ruthie, and um, I met a guy named Brian. I'm still friends with both of them to this day. Cool. Uh, so shout love out, you guys. guys. Yeah, shout out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, Ruth, Ruth taught me um, that it's okay to be a little bit different. Okay. It's okay, you know, like, whatever I am, she's, she's like, you're good. You're good, you know? <laughs> like, and, and it took a while, you know? I still sometimes like, ah, <laughs> she's like, you're good. <laughs> but um, beautiful soul that she is. She just, well, she taught me that, the most important thing is if you're not comfortable with yourself, you just, you know, it's, you know, you're not yeah. going to go anywhere. You've got to learn to Very love yourself. True. Right. So she planted a lot of those seeds in me. And then, um, I met Brian and I had, you know, these fears from the past, I mean, people discovering these psych issues or whichever, um, my choice in guys wasn't the greatest. And <laughs> so Brian was kind of like, you know, I see you, I see you, but I see I see who you could be. You know, I see oh, I past see. that. I see, you, you know, the best in you. Okay. Um, he sees what's going on, but he sees like, yeah. Yeah, that's just a thing over there. That's not I all see. of you, you know? Ah, okay. Yeah. And okay. so um, I fell in love with him. Um, he, he, showed me, he showed me the kind of patience and kindness that a girl could dream of. 
was um is is so at this time is is he into drugs or no? No. Because you're clean at this moment. I'm clean. Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm on my medication. Okay. And, you and know. So you meet Brian and fall in love. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I got my crazy friend Ruthie there. <laughs> so um. They both kind of they they set a tempo in my life. They mm-hmm. slowed me down. You know, when I got to Colorado, I did run away a couple of times. I struggled, you know, but I, I got right back on, you know, in my groove of doing the right things. About how old were you in Colorado? Uh, like when you met Brian and Foma? Um, eighteen, nineteen. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, and young, and fresh love. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, every once in a while I'm like, oh wow, well, <laughs> so giddy then. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, and you know I had met them and I was doing really good. I was good with just a couple friends. I've kind of always been that way. Just my small circle is good. That's mm-hmm. all, you know. Um, and um, yeah, just totally changed changed the the changed what friendship looked like to me and and showed me how genuine friendship actually works sure and and how to be there and how to have people be there for you as well mm-hmm. um so yeah then my my parents are here we gotta move again and i was oh, like so brokenhearted so we moved to arizona and it wasn't i don't know maybe like it was very very quick maybe 30 mm-hmm. days or whatever oh, wow. colorado back i am again and Jeez. i moved in with brian <laughs> oh, wow. yeah it so I moved in with him and everything was great. Everything was wonderful. We were, you know, we had our jobs and a nice little place there. And, um, he's so, he's so, he's logical and, and he's, he's communicative and he's plugged in and Mm. he knows how to, um, you know, nobody's perfect. Nobody does everything correctly, but, but he's the kind of person. I just remember he's the kind of person that wants what's best for everybody around him. You wow. know, so he's always bringing the best of himself to the table, and he's mm. always willing to help out, and he's just, he's a good person, and um, so I loved that sense of security, you know, especially with the men that had been in my life, yeah, and, you know, my experience. I didn't know anything like that before, and I just felt so safe and secure with him, and he showed me how to, you know, have a job and function and and pay rent and <laughs> and do all these things, and so um, then I started to experience my old my old psych you know, issues again. Uh Oh, I was hearing things again and I was becoming impulsive and I was becoming terrified again that that he was going to, I, you know, I couldn't remember exactly how much I told him about it. I couldn't remember if I had told him about the voice. I couldn't, you know, and I got impulsive and destructive and I just was afraid. I was so terrified that he was going to find out I was crazy. Was there like a trigger for that? How come do you, why do you think it came back? His, um, well, first, my grandmother had passed away. Oh, okay, okay. And she was the one who was there for you early on with your with your mom. Yeah, my grandmother, my, my little piece of heaven. So that was heavy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So my yeah. grandmother passed away, and his grandmother passed away. There was just two traumatic, you know, close to, to close to each other in events. Yeah, yeah. So I was there to comfort him. You know, his grandmother had passed, and I was there to mm-hmm. comfort him. And that that was a good prep. I mean, you know, it was a good. Yeah. Because I was able to watch how he mourned. Oh, I see. His past first. Cause, yeah. If 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 my grandmother would have passed first, yeah, I don't know that sure. I would have handled that so well. Interesting. You know, but um, yeah. So and 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 Brian, he's he's African American, mm-hmm. he's black, and m- my grandmother's old school. You know, that's kind of it was an issue, and so sure. I held guilt there, and I didn't know how to handle that either. But dang. So um, yeah, she, I. That's tough too. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. But like the different like cult or not cultures, but the different time periods. 
Yeah. That's like a, that's just like a thing. It's so, so strange, you know, like yeah. people our age are willing to move past those things nowadays. And, yeah. but people who are older, it's just something they grew up with. Yeah. It's so, it's such an interesting concept. Well, especially for, because, because I was poorly treated mm-hmm. by an entire half of my, or side of my family because I'm Hispanic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it deeply pierced me. Oh, I see. You so know what I mean? Adding but to the... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so anybody, you know, there's not... It wasn't just my grandmother, although, I, you know, I never wanted to disappoint her or my mom. Or, it's that, you know, I just don't understand the, the racial thing. I just don't get it. You know, we are yeah. who we are, and and it was very difficult. It's always been difficult for me, any racial mm-hmm. issues, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Just, I'm sure it will still be, too, you know, yeah. in the future. It's like, I think we're always going to have to deal with it, really. Yeah, yeah. I just try and be compassionate where I can. And <laughs> getting, you're right, you're right. That's you all know. you can do. Yeah, break the break the trend. Yeah. Buck the trend, I think yes. is what they say. Who knows? Whatever the trend, yeah. whatever the saying is, Bigger I'm bad love at where needed is what I say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. But. Uh, That's cool. So you meet Brian, you fall in love, and then d- this starts happening to you again. Yeah. With the passing of the grandmas. Yeah, wow. Like issues kick in, and I get impulsive, and I'm doing things, and you know, it's never good for any. It's not no violence is ever good, no matter what. And I wanted that. That is that is just bottom line. It's never no violence is ever good ever. Um, but I know, I know the magnitude of my um disruptive behavior, and and I'm able to be accountable for that. Oh, I see. And I know when I'm in a psychosis how erratic and out of control I can be mm-hmm. and to be honest with you I don't exactly remember to the full exactly everything that happened but there came a point when there was a violent situation between Brian and I oh and I was pregnant and I, I lost a baby and I you know we both were arrested right away yeah. it, it split just right there that's where it ended shoot um a very very traumatic um he feels terrible to this day about it you know I, I feel terrible about it to this day yeah. Um, it just was what it was, but yeah, from that point on, yeah, till 10 and a half months ago, it's been nothing but downhill. Yeah, wow. I bet. That sounds, man, that's rough. I'm sorry to hear that. Thank you. God is good though. Yes. God is good. And it sounds like, you know, the story will unravel here more. So it's, yeah. so, so that, how old were you when you, when you lost your baby? Baby Marie? Yep. Um, was 18, say. About 18-ish, okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that must have been tough. Did you stick with Brian um, throughout this or afterwards? No, no, we both got arrested, and, and, and uh, his father was actually a police officer. Oh, wow. Okay. So you guys, like, stuck through it, though, it, looks like, it sounds like, for a little while? Yeah. Um, no, well, no, he's, his father, I'm sorry, <laughs> I was distracted. Um, his his father was a police officer. We both arrested. His father came to my jail cell or jail, you know, and asked for visitation and basically told me I needed to go home. He was very stern with me, but I remember thinking, you know, this man, he's a father. This is what a father does. You know, like I was so, I admired him so much that, you know, like mm-hmm. he was going to protect his son. And oh, wow. That's what a father does. Like, yeah. that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, um, I was arrested and I, and I came back home and, yeah, uh, had some uh, anger management class I had to do, whichever, which they didn't agree with because they could see that I had some other issues. Oh, it wasn't anger management. So that, was, that got me the help that I needed, you know, for a little bit mm-hmm. of good. And um, good. actually, we didn't talk, Brian and I did not talk 
for many, many years, actually not until about, I think, three years ago. Wow. Yeah. Dang. <laughs> but now you're friends again? Yes. Awesome. Yes, that he's one good. of my biggest supporters. Oh, good. Amazing. How's he doing? Is he doing all right? He's doing, yeah, he, you know, he's he's living life and there's a, you know, but he's he's still an amazing person. He's one of my, he's, yeah, one of my biggest supporters. Um, he's constantly encouraging me and, and he calls me his, uh, his Phoenix, you know, he's like, <laughs> cause yeah. born from right. the ashes. Yeah. Yeah. And he tells me that I'm strong. You know, yeah. That's neat. It's a good support me. system. Yeah. Yeah. He's, good. uh, he's an amazing human being and I'm really blessed that he's in my life. Yeah. It's always interesting too. Cause I have those people in my life who, um, they n- knew me from before and they know me now and it, and they're also different. And so it's, it's always like, I always appreciate those relationships because it's like a, you could, it's like a snapshot of your life. You know, yeah. you can look at this person and it brings back all these memories and the mistakes, you know, I, I made and then the growth, the revelation, th- those are, those are interesting relationships. The yeah. ones who make it through, yeah. you know, the valley and the mountaintops. Right. Yeah. I've seen a lot with those folks. Yeah. That's something I love about him too. Is he doesn't let me forget it. He's like, man, you've grown. So I can't believe like, I'm just blows my mind. How, you know, yeah. how even your perspective changes or, you know, it's like, yeah, that's. Yeah. Just watching it from start to, to finish, you know, yeah, that's, and, that's neat. And like, and I mean that like in a humble way, like that, it's a great example of how we should talk to, to each other, how we can build mm. each other up. You know, that's, that's what we're supposed Encouragement, to do. Encouragement. Yeah. That's how we're recognition. supposed Recognition. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. you know, it's speaking love into, to our sisters and brothers and that's what we're supposed to do. Amen. I believe. Yeah. Amen you know, to that. So. <laughs> wow. So you get out of jail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I get out of jail, come back to Arizona. <laughs> yeah, just a, just a mess. And I and I right away uh, meet a guy who's a drug dealer, start using hallucinogenics, a lot of mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, I get pregnant, and it's an ectopic pregnancy. Oh, jeez. Oh, and uh, that was Nikki. Well, my twin. I know the craziest thing when I heard your podcast. Here's the thing. I was really naive, and I was like, oh, it's, it's she's ectopic, but if I just stand longer, and if I just don't sit, or if I just do this, she'll she'll fall, or the baby will, I didn't yeah. refer to her, she, them, the baby will fall, and then it'll be okay, it'll be okay, so they're like, you gotta show up for surgery, this is ectopic, we're gonna have to, you know, do this surgery, Bonnie, and I was like, nope, 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 nope. I'm just gonna stand longer. <laughs> I literally did this to the point where my tube ruptured, <gasps> and oh. I, I, yeah. It was no bueno. So like Holy I, cow. I got in there right at the nick of time. Basically, my tube had ruptured. You know what I mean? It was I had yeah. fifty-seven staples from hip to hip. It was not, yeah, wow. not good. Jeez. And I had this, uh, I guess they call it near-death experience or whatever. Really? Really? Yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah. While you were in the hospital with this, with the, the your tube rupture and all that. Yeah. Holy cow! I I, I named her Baby Brooke. I okay. Brooke because living water. Oh, a brook of okay, yeah, like a stream, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, so it's maybe brook. That's beautiful. Thank you. Um, so yeah, I went. I don't even remember. I don't remember getting into the hospital or anything. I just remember this experience. It was like a a warmth, and there was an omnipresence and a warmth and like an understanding. Like I didn't hear words. I didn't, you know, just felt warmth, a tremendous amount of warmth. Um. And you know when your eyes are closed, you see black. It was like this deep neon blue 
and like a light blue color around me mm-hmm. and this warmth and this i just had this understanding come to me that you know this is your child this does not mean that you're not a deserving mother this does not mean that that your child is not a soul mm-hmm. you're, you're, this is your baby and she will continue to grow and she will be with me and she wow. will be with your grandma and your grandpa and your anybody that you know along the way passes before you and when you come home to me to home they'll be here wow and um and there's a lot more to it. It's, you know, pretty intense experience. But Sounds um, like it. um two profound things of that was that it didn't mean that I wasn't a deserving mother. Oh, I see. Because this somehow connected back to, oh, I don't deserve them because I am that monster because I would hurt a kid. Uh, oh wow. Did you know those deep seated yeah. fears? And so, um, you know, it's that constant, you know, don't know, you know, struggle thing going on. And so, so I just was at peace with that. And, um, yeah, so there was, there was that and the fact that, that I knew she was going to (laughs) grow. So, you know, having, suffering from mental illness sometimes has its perks, I guess you could say (laughs) as weird as it sounds. And one of those is that I often through life, I have experienced giggles, just random giggles. Mm. And with all my heart, I believe that, that that's been God, like, you hear? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> they've been at moments where I need it, and it's gotten me through, you know. is People don't realize sometimes they say harsh things like, you know, well, one day you will be a mom. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, when you're really a mother. Mm. Oh, sure. Or, you, you know what I mean? And it's like, I really am a mother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really already am a mother. I see, oh, I my see my children mean, are yeah. in heaven, you know. Yeah. Wow. Like, um, that's When I was a little girl, that's what I wanted more than anything, you know. That's, yeah. And, uh. Those are to lose a child is whether it be, you know, uh, in your womb or, or, you know, 20, 30, 40 years old, it's tremendous loss. Oh man. Very, very hard to get through. So yeah, I can only imagine. (laughs) Yeah. So the fact that she grows and, you know, (laughs) I've heard just sometimes I felt her hugs or, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, it's awesome. (laughs) Wow. That's powerful. So you healed up. Did you heal up quickly? Um, yeah. 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 I just was in a relationship with a man that was, um, I, I had a roof over my head, you know, I, I mm-hmm. had the things that I, that I needed, but I, he was completely emotionally vacant and, and probably I was too. I, I had withdrawn and I didn't. Mm-hmm. So at this point in your life, I mean, we're, we're talking about two lost children mm-hmm. in and out of addiction. Um, I mean, how old were you at this point? Like 20. Wow. And what I was going to ask was like, like where where are you at in your mind, as in in your heart, as far as faith in, in Jesus? That's all I had. That's it. Wow. All I had was Jesus. That like was I, instilled in you from when you were younger, your grandma and your mom, and the constant, yeah, just being surrounded by them and their faith. Yeah. Wow. Like, uh, yeah, I I've, I've struggled with suicidal, you know, yeah. thoughts since about age 14 depression and stuff depression yeah and and from the abuse obviously yeah and my only my only hope has always only been jesus so so throughout your struggles and whatnot you're you're praying oh yeah big time huh yeah he's always on your mind yeah and you know when when i was when i started my problems before my mom had sent me to that um the first institution she sent me to Uh Um, she'd sent me to my uncle's house in Ridgecrest, mm-hmm. and she sent me to a, a Christian school, and I was mm. 
I was born again at that point. And mm. I learned in, inside his home, like you only listen to Christian TV and you only listen to Christian music. And that's Christian. when there was like, was Carmen and Amy Grant, you know? Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Televangelists. <and> yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. And he was into Amway and that's what they're, you know, their conventions we go to is the same thing. You know? That's right. 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 We were just, yeah. we were just reading something about that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So I had learned how to, I learned that God wanted me. Jesus, from an early age. Yeah. Yeah. There was conversation that must be had. I must okay. be, yeah, I must stay in conversation here because he knows everything anyways and he's seeking me and, you know, so yeah, going through, through the, all my life, you know, especially starting age 14, yeah. 15, I, it's been a lot of ongoing conversations. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, they wow. felt one-sided for a long time though. Sure. Oh, I see. Mm. Like me talking to him for a long time. I, I, I get it. Yeah. Man. Yeah, that's that's wild because a lot of times, you know, I know like the people that um, I grew up with that struggled um, when I was in high school and stuff and like junior high. We as like friends and kids and stuff like we didn't really talk about God. Um did you and your attic friends or like when you were, you know, your friends at the time, did, did you guys have any conversations generally about God and your faith? Just when I was at that Christian school yeah, for that little bit of time. Um, but, I never hid my faith. You know, I had, uh, uh-huh. I'd often have pictures of Jesus on my wall or mm-hmm. I never hid, mm-hmm. you know, like we're going to church. I had friends that went to Catholic church, even in high school. Yeah. I dated one of the first guys I dated when I went to Huntington Beach. He mm-hmm. took me to confession before we went on our yeah. first date. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good start, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> start off on the right foot. Yeah. Confess your sins. Still, still a good guy. He's got like seven sisters. You know, he's a, he's still a good guy. Good. Oh right on. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. I just think back. The reason I mentioned that is because, like, I, like I said, I think back and and people who were lost to addiction and and God just wasn't present. Yeah. In, in in our lives, uh, obviously he was present with us the whole time in spirit and, yeah. and whatnot and, and, and protecting us to, to get through it, but we never had any conversations. You know, we were kind of always just like floundering yeah. and, and just like searching for something. Yeah. So I always like to hear like we're in your, you know, in, in, in any person's addiction struggle, you know, where was God at in their life. It's always interesting to hear. Yeah. And, and it seems like you did, you did know him the whole time. Yeah. That's cool. It's kind of like, you know, I, I think of the, you ever see the guy, the bully that's got his hand on the kid's forehead, you know, I and the kid's so. like, kid's like uh, doing this. Oh yeah. Trying to reach for the, yeah. for the person and he can't get past the arms length mm-hmm. of the hand on the forehead. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how I look at that. Like reaching for God. God reaching for me. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I think I'm seeking him. You here. have a hand Yeah, I'm, I have my hand on his head, you know what I'm saying? He's like, come on, come on, you know what I'm saying? And I'm oh, praying geez. for it, but yeah. some mental block or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> or another next drug or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Sure. <laughs> Just one more thing, I got to get back to my crazy guy. Sure. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. Because <laughs> I know that my, the situations that I put myself in, yeah. I, I chose, like... And it might have been, they might have been, more than definitely, I was not chosen, I was not shown 
haven't been shown good examples. You know, the, the very mm-hmm. person that's your father's supposed to teach you how to love and how to be loved and what is safe and, and you know, all those wonderful things. My father did not show me that. He showed me how to choose a person that is monstrous and, and, and you know, violates me and lies to me and harms me and tricks me and destroys me over and over and over again Damn. on every level, emotionally, psychologically, sexually, spiritually. So those are the men I chose. That's heavy. And so now I know that. You know what I mean? Now sure. I know that. And I was praying to God. I've always believed God would get me through it. I used to say, my whole life I've said it, I'd say, my life is terrible, and I know it's going to be terrible for a long time, but one day I'll get it. There's always hope. There's always hope, yeah, as long as I didn't lose that. And, you know, I just wish I would have known it was me standing in the way. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That you had the key, right? Yeah. Yeah. I refuse to allow myself to feel stupid in this. (laughs) Man. Ain't that the truth. (laughs) Wow. So at at 20 years old, you have that near-death experience. And and so about your drug use, is that, is that, how is that looking at this point? Is that ramping up? Is it, is it getting worse after this? Yes. Progressively worse. Um, Meth again and whatnot. Yes. And I'm, I'm getting into heavier drugs. I'm doing a lot more meth and heroin. Fentanyl didn't come around until, you know, about, I guess, three or four years ago, but for a yeah. long time it was heroin. Jeez, were you shooting it? Um, no, I smoked it, but I smoked wow. a lot of it. Um, I tried to shoot it up once and it just wasn't a, a good option for me. Uh-huh. So um, I did shoot up meth, though that was my primary way of doing that. Jeez. And I did a lot of that too. I'd, only by the grace of God am I alive because I, I did so Praise much drugs Lord. that, yeah, I like I put myself at some point, so I was, I had, my eyes were, you know, I had blue rings around my, my lips because I wasn't eating and drinking yeah. water and I had so much drugs in my system. My, you know, hair Jeez. was falling out and yeah. Yeah, just wreaked havoc or, you know, yeah, havoc on my body. Yeah, just a physical toll it's causing on your body at that time. Yeah. Is, is your, uh, are you in a relationship at this time? Yeah, I had, I been in relationships in and out of my entire life up until ten and a half months ago. Yeah, other users and stuff. And yes, other users. Yeah. Geez. Yes, heavy users. Yeah, I, uh, I found myself in a in a great despair. I found myself not able to connect with anybody, on any level. I just felt, I felt different and and unwilling to reveal any more vulnerabilities about myself. Yeah. I. I know now that I was, you know, I was so abused, um, I didn't know what to think of myself. So things that, that somebody would want to shy away from, like my psych experiences, you know, would be normal to be shy, to shy away from. Uh-huh. I didn't know the difference between that and wanting to shy away from, I have brown hair and brown eyes. Yeah. You know, I was shy away from that too. I just was so uncomfortable and so. Just in your own skin in and my stuff. Own sk- yeah, I didn't, I didn't, yeah. there's not a thing about myself that I liked. And mm-hmm. I was deeply depressed. I wanted to die every day. I was homeless for 10 years, pushing a basket, sleeping in dumpsters. What city is this? Tucson. In Tucson? Yeah. Damn. In dumpsters, behind dumpsters, in, in uh, tunnels, they call them, you know, under, yeah. underneath uh, major streets there, uh, experiencing some intense traumas, you know. Streets are not easy for anybody, but I was staying high. Yeah. So, how what how would you guys like af- afford um, your drugs and whatnot? You know, the crazy thing is is that uh, 
I never, I never, never sold myself. I never it was part of my past Good. experience. I'm sure that I didn't. I was mortified for anybody to see me. Sure, um, yeah, man. You know, um, <clears throat> so what I did was, <laughs> I would go around to neighborhoods and I would pick up things, not like stealing, but I'd pick up things that I, you know, people would leave like in the trash or whatever, and I okay. would find a way to sell them or trade them, you know, to drug dealers. or, mm -hmm. And then people would notice me in neighborhoods and they'd start to leave things out for me. Oh, wow. And then I got to the point where I would, you know, I'd sit, I never would panhandle. Uh -huh. uh, my ex-boyfriend did that a lot and he was aggressive and it was embarrassing to me that he couldn't go into places. You know, I was a female, you need to use the restroom and clean up and, you know, yeah. and I wouldn't be able to go in places because he'd get us kicked out for stealing and just, you know, being an aggressive panhandler. And Dang. So I, I'd have my own little places I'd go to. So I would sit nearby to a gas station or something or, you know, and people, I was in 10 years in the streets, people in the same like three mile square radius. Yeah. So yeah. people get to know you, you know, and, and there's some, some beautiful people in the world. It's one of my favorite memories about being down there. But, um, yeah, people got to know me and they would bring me food or clothes mm. or money. Um, and like any addict, I would take that stuff and I would, yeah. I would trade it for drugs. Dang. Yeah. So I would even babysit drug dealers' kids, clean Jeez. big drug dealers' houses. I would walk their dogs. I would. All in Tucson. All in Tucson, yeah. It must have been rough. The heat and everything, too. It's just That's a hard life. Yeah. I don't, you know, I got, I got sick in the sun many years ago. And like every year they say it gets worse, and it does. It absolutely does. I just, I do not do well in the sun. I, I also experienced some um, seizures. Mm. So, um, I had a, had a car accident a while back, and, and I, I have seizures. So um, I knew that, like, emotional stress and physical stress would cause it and stuff like that. But then you'd put the drugs on top of it. And, yeah. you know, I'd go through a day, and I'd have, like, five seizures just, like, trying to push through to get something to get my next Holy fix. Cow. You know, and just come to People just leave you there on the side of the street, you know. Yeah. Your drug dealer passed out. So what, you know. So you just pick up, wipe, wipe yourself off, and keep pushing. Jeez. But, um, yeah. So I'd get on the buses. <laughs> air conditioning or go to libraries and can't stay there too long because you pass out you get kicked out wow. you know you can't be there stuff like that but um um just a hard time huh yeah it was it was very sad i didn't i didn't have like i say i always had hope but mm -hmm. i no longer um felt deserving i guess of any life that was different i figured if my life started the way that it did and that, you know, that was, that was just what it was to be, you know what I'm saying? And I, and if I'm brutally honest with myself, then I, I truly can admit that I figured I was a better person to the world to stay that way because at least there was no more dealing with that possible monster. There was no more like the, the society was going to have a threat by my existence. If you were an addict. Right. Like if you were, a, um, I, see what you, I see what you mean. I think I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like you, I see. Like yeah. this is almost, you being that way was almost a benefit to the world because you were sort of removed from the picture. Yeah, because if, if I was functioning and I was on medication, you know, there's a struggle in that yeah. too and you get off your meds sometimes or they don't, or not, is that they stop working Jeez. and you have to go through new analysis and new meds and sometimes yeah. it doesn't work and you go Start through over. Right, right. And wow. uh, I had had a time where I was not functioning. I was on 19 medications at, at once and my mom had to go in and 
and get some stuff going. And, and, you know, she, once again, my hero came into actions and, and helped me there, but I was not functioning. I was sleeping 19 hours out of the day, not mm-hmm. showering, not cleaning my home, not functioning, not nothing. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't care. I like, I didn't want to die. didn't care. I just, I was like dead inside. I yep, just didn't yeah. care. Um, and a part of me then was grateful that I wasn't struggling with that possible monster coming out, you I know? See. So, so when I'm at, when I was at my best and I was doing well, there's always that subconscious or that gnawing thought in the back of my head. Like once again, when's that little shoe going to drop? Wow. When am I going to lose it again? And is, if this time it happens, is that monster going to come out? Am I going to hurt a kid? Am I going to just mm-hmm. those, those kind of thoughts. So mm-hmm. yeah, being an addict meant that, you know, well, Hey, I'm at my, my worst and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in my own thing, doing my own thing and I'm high and I know I'm, I'm safe doing this and I'm not hurting anybody but myself. Wow. That's wild. Yeah. And you said that was about 10 years of, of, um, yeah, at the street point. life and yeah, geez. 10 solid years. Yeah. Wow. And then you said in and out of relationships, bad relationships. And yeah. Horrible relationships. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And there were, you know, the, yeah, you know, it's. My only comfort was drugs. That yeah. was my only, the only thing that made me feel good and thought, you know, mm-hmm. the only thing that made me feel good or anything other than myself, you know, was to be high. And it's what I chased. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's what. That was your comfort zone. Yeah. It's what made me feel something other than me. That's how mm-hmm. I say it, you know. So uh, I often didn't have choices in relationships because the men that I was with were, were completely narcissistic. And, and, and there is such thing as narcissistic abuse in my brain was damaged by that and I was making you know the, the choices that um someone who's in that type of abuse makes and I you know you become desperate to be loved and if it meant mm-hmm. staying high and mm-hmm. getting them their drug and staying high with them and you know mm-hmm. getting them high and if that you know I convinced myself that I was I was safe that way mm-hmm. you know that I was with a good man and, and I was safe that way like wow. just ridiculous thinking yeah right yeah Jeez. But yeah, I was very, very sad. I was very torn, very broken, very lost. Yeah, um, I can imagine. My goodness. Yeah, I've never, I've never been homeless. Praise the Lord. I had a family member who was homeless, um, in L.A. Ooh. Yeah, and he, he, it was alcoholism for him. I'm sure drugs too, but I believe mostly it was alcoholism. Yeah. But yeah, he ended up turning himself around mostly as well. Oh. So that's great. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Alcoholism is brutal as well. It is, yeah. It's very brutal as well. Absolutely. Just because they sell it in the store doesn't mean, you know, it's not going to wreck your life. Right. It makes it more difficult to get off of it. Is yeah, what it really does. is commonly or socially acceptable. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, yeah. but yeah, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. So that was a whole long period of your life. What was there, what happened next? Did, did that break the homelessness? And yeah, I am. Um, the only person in the world that I never wanted to hurt was my mom. Mm-hmm. And we, I had moved to Tucson from California because of my mom. She didn't even know I had a heroin addiction. Okay. So okay. I showed up like, hi, mom. <laughs> Guess what? She tried to get me help, and my ex sabotaged that. And, and I had to watch my mom be strong and mm-hmm. you know, just be like, make your choice. And she let me make my choice. Anyways, so I had plummeted down, and then... I started having thoughts of, of, you know, this has got to be breaking my mom's heart. Like, I yeah. literally was so low, I didn't even think this was hurting my mom. Mm-hmm. So I started having thoughts like that. And then um, I started missing 
home and, and I wanted to be away from everything, I got tired of it. I really got tired of it. And I was praying a lot. Like I was, I was not talking to anybody. I was talking to Jesus, walking around, talking to Jesus constantly. Mm -hmm. Like why, what, when, where, what mm -hmm, is going mm -hmm. on? Like how to get here. And, um, I had had a, I had had a thought like, I need to get out of here. I can't help myself. I had tried. I had gone to like resource centers. I had gone to um, harm reduction agencies. I had gone to churches um, trying to like get my life together on my own, you know, to get help being seriously mentally ill. There's places there that will help you get your own place. And, mm -hmm. um, but being heavily addicted, you can't pass the urine test to get all the medications you need to mm. be treated for your mental illness, to be able to give in a home and things like this. Or, you know, I'd start it and then I'd go use and, you know, there I go. Um, anyways, m my brilliant idea was, well, if I get pulled over, if I get pulled over, mm -hmm. whatever's on me, I'm going to hand over period. Um, I didn't want to do that because, um, my mom's job, I didn't want her to have, I didn't want that, the association of me being a criminal with my mom's job title. So, mm -hmm. um, anyways, um. I just didn't know what else to do. And, and there's a rule in the street. Don't get in a vehicle. If you want to go to jail, get in a vehicle. If you're mm -hmm. homeless, literally, you know what I'm saying? If you want to go to jail, get in a vehicle. There's many reasons why. It's just, you know, you're a homeless person in a vehicle. It just looks weird. True. <laughs> That's the number one part of it. You know, <laughs> you look like a drug addict, you know, you're going to give everybody away. So, uh -huh. <laughs> so one day, uh, somebody, somebody needed some, some syringes. Mm -hmm. A dealer needed syringes. And he gave me some some heroin to go and get him, you know, that was the payment. Mm -hmm. And I had a little bit of cash. So I, I was like, all right, well, it was a long way away. And somebody at a gas station, I knew was there. I was like, Hey, I'll give you a ride. If you give me some of your heroin. Okay. So I get in the car. I knew better. Mm -hmm. And I was hoping, I was hoping I, I was like, Hey, it's a good way to get pulled over. Yeah. <laughs> so I get into the car. Anyways, it worked. I got, they got pulled over oh boy. and I, I handed over to the officer and it was a state trooper. The guy that got arrested with me was like, hey, can't you just take us to a rehab? Because in Tucson, if you get arrested by city police, mm -hmm. they give you the option to go to a rehab or to a treatment center or to get oh, wow. enrolled into a local, um, you know, like a methadone clinic okay. or whichever, which people walk in and walk right out. We they don't ever take it. They just, yeah. They either sell way. that or something. Right? Yeah. yeah. They just, yeah. So anyways, um, he goes, I'm sorry to tell you this, but I'm a state trooper and we don't do that. Oh, no. And I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This could be it. Because <laughs> I wanted to get out. You know, I wanted to sure. go Sure. Like you need a breaking point. Yeah. And so I got to, to jail and it was horrible. I mean, I had nine days of, of sheer misery. I mean, you got 10 years hardcore, hardcore, heavy um, drug, use. drug use and, you know, malnutrition. Wow. And um, so it was hard physically with the withdrawal and, yes, and whatnot. Yes. And Man. I, you know, the only way I can describe it is I literally felt like demons were coming out of me. I would fall asleep and I would wake up screaming, screaming. Like Man. when I hear, when I, I remember my grandmother would talk about in the Bible, um, screaming and gnashing of the teeth. Yeah. And, do you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I felt like it was, wow. you know, coming out of my mouth and waking me up out of my sleep and my body and the smell of my body. And it was just horrible. But, um, um, a day three, I started to feel a little bit better mm -hmm. and and I felt the presence of Jesus. I did. And so I started praying at that point. I never called, not in all my years of life, you know, adult life, did I ever call my mom and be like, 
can I have some money? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need something, you know. I just didn't didn't dawn on me to do that. Sure. I'm an adult, and this is what I've done to myself. So okay. I did call her from jail, though. I just wanted her to know mm-hmm. where I was at. And then um, I broke down, I think, maybe halfway through the call, like, Mom, help! <laughs> <laughs> Get me out of here, please. Oh, no. And she was like, no, I won't. Oh, wow. <laughs> I knew, I kind of think I knew she was going to say that anyways, but. Are you thinking like she knew what you needed? Like yes. In, the, in that sense? Yes, yes, absolutely. She was like, you, you I'm did not this. coming to help because you need this. Yes, she, exactly what she said. She said, you, you, you've got yourself here, but I will tell you this. Jesus is there with you and you wow. need to pray. Praise the Lord. And so, yeah. Um, so the nine days in there and um, cold turkey and it was not fun at all. <laughs> and I started praying and by the ninth day I felt okay. You know, I, I mm-hmm. felt, I felt okay. I read a great book in there, um, about a guy had gone to jail and, and, um, his advice because he had, um, found a mentor in jail, got out and mm-hmm. created a, a great life for himself and, and found God. Sweet. So I was like on this little mission, I'm going to do this, you know, and I get out and I, and my mom picks me up in Tucson and she brings me back up home. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And so uh, it was COVID mm, yeah. and there was nothing no treatment center that I could get. Everything into. closed. Everything closed. Man. And so. A wild couple of years. Yes. Yes. I was very grateful at that time. I was scared to go into a rehab. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't want to be anywhere other than in my mother's arms. Oh. I felt like, uh, like a baby. Just yeah. helpless and just. You true know, home. Yeah, my true home. Yeah. Man. I wanted to be back up here and, and with my family. And, um. My mom was, was going through some things at the time, so it was just me and her in her home. And um, she um, right away was like, well, I'm taking you to church. That was her thing before she picked me up. You've got to agree with this. You're coming to church with me every Sunday. I don't want to hear anything about it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was like, yeah, you know, that's awesome. That's great. So uh, it was online to start with. We had our Wednesday nights, you know, um, um, Wednesday night speakers, I call them. And then... Um, church on sunday and watching online it was so cool i remember watching remember jordan in the beginning back then yes. he's so quiet yep, he was and yeah and yeah. then uh you know <laughs> justin chile was like well i really am not comfortable doing this <laughs> he really broke out of his shell didn't he, he yeah. they both of them are just both on, of them on are fire yes they're killing it I for love sure it. love you guys yes <laughs> um so yeah a lot of time it was one year of of um walking walking with jesus spending a massive amount of time with my mom some amazing moments. Um, I, I didn't have any money, you know, for all those years. I never called home on Christmas or my mom's birthday or Mother's Day or, or any of those things. And, and that Christmas, I got to spend alone with my mom. Oh, wow. And um, spending that, you know, those the time with her, I kind of was picking up on things that she would have liked to have or, you yeah. know. And so Christmas Day, she opened up, um, I got her this, this belt buckle with her initial M mm-hmm. on it, you know. And um, it was this silver belt buckle. And she she just kind of random walked by at a store. And she was like, oh, look at that, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe one day. And I was like, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> she, she opened on Christmas Day and she started crying. And I was just Aww. like, this is living, you know. <laughs> this is life wow. right here. Yeah, so it was a great. Real emotions, right? Real yes. sense of love. Yes. That's wonderful. Yes. My mother's never, never stopped believing me. Mm-hmm. she's never stopped believing me she's always told me that that i can do it and, mm-hmm. and i'm worth it and yeah wow i want to bring you back really quick we had talked briefly about um a time in tucson where uh you had a strong experience i guess we'll call it oh, where, yeah. with the love of god 
Yeah. Touch on that really quick, because that was a really interesting story. You you, you kind of uh, briefly went in before we got started here. Um. Yeah, that was okay. So after the year had had come or had passed, um, my ex had showed up here up on the mountain. Oh. And um, still in his addiction. Okay. Um, he had gave me black eyes, and I was like, I'm not gonna break my mother's heart like this. Okay. I'm gonna take this dude back to Tucson and ditch him. Oh, I see. So, um, oh, okay. Now I understand the, yeah. the flow and the time frame. So you're back up here with your mom. You're in church. Things are like going. They're starting to go much better. Yeah. You're bonding with your mom during COVID because everything is shut down. You're like forced to be home, right? Thank God, yeah. Doing God work <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. It's Jesus time. And yeah, man. And so then your your ex shows up up here. Yeah, yeah. Dang it. I won't go into too much detail about no. you know, how I got up here. But yeah, he, is, he was up here, yeah. And, yeah. and you know, it's, that's the thing about narcissistic abuse. It's crazy. You know, they, once they have you, they have you, and they just sink you right back. And it was within a matter of minutes. And he so had he just dug his claws wanted. back into you and just yeah. pulled you back. Huh? In a matter of minutes, you know. And, and the first time I, I stood up for myself and I said, no, I've, I've rebuilt my life, and this is what I'm doing. Yeah. Bam, bam. Both eyes blackened. Ah, he struck you? Yeah, like they were, they were, yeah. Son of a... Yeah. Man. And yeah, I just, I could, in my mind's eye, I could see tear in my mom's eyes. She freaked just, out. You know, yeah, I didn't. Did she see it go down or she saw the, the wounds? No, I, I, the reason why I took off to go back to Tucson is because I was not going to allow her to see that. Oh. You know what I mean? I, I like, I left, I skipped out of town like that. Like she hadn't. No, with clue. him to yeah, Tucson. with him to ditch him in Tucson. So that yeah. was your plan. Let's get back to Tucson at the very least, and then take it from there, kind of thing. No, ditch him and get right back. Yeah, yeah. See what you can do to get out of it and leave him back there. Yeah. So, so Jeez. my plan was I'm going to drop him off over on, let's say, the east side of town, just yeah. to kind of give a general example. I'm going to drop him on the east side of town. I'm going to go back to the north side of town. I got to stay the night because mm-hmm. I can't travel. Okay. I'm staying the night over here at a safe house with a friend, you know, that's sober, um, and I can clean up and I'll be safe and okay. And then I'll take off. Well, somebody saw me or something because overnight he sh- he went from all the way from across town to where I was at, and he was seen that morning right around the corner from where I was at. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, um, he I, I'll, I'll just put it this way: he weaves. He's so manipulative. He took control of of my car. You know, he, I try to get my car keys back. It's just it's this big struggle back and forth. Eventually, I get into this three-car pileup. My brakes had gone out. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't have direct, you know, proof, but we all know he sabotaged my brakes. Oh, geez. Do you know Dang. what I mean? Yep, like the brake line or something. Yeah, because all of a sudden... Set just, you up for a failure. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Because, that you know, he didn't want me, but he wanted to... He's trying to trap you. Yeah. Um, I was good for his income. I was good for his sure. income because I'm, I'm even through my addiction. I was I'm a nice person and mm-hmm. I'm compassionate. And people that I said that knew me and they would stop and, and help me out and stuff. Um, he benefited from that. People are always very kind to me. Um, so either way, uh, yeah. So I caused this three car pileup. I wrecked my car. I'm stuck down there. Well, because COVID, Access Insurance revamped their entire insurance system, mm-hmm. and I was stuck in a loophole. With no insurance. Like, I was stuck. Okay. I tried to go down there, tried to go to the hospital, tried all kinds of ways to get access because uh-huh. I needed insurance to be able to get into a rehab to get back. Okay. Um, so when I was in the year in my recovery, I struggled white knuckling it. Um, it was a beautiful time, but I had no skill set. Mm. I had, I didn't know. I wanted 
to to do things i didn't know how to live yeah i mean i have i have my entire adulthood years you're talking from 17 to 40 you know seven years old at that time or 46 years old at that time i had no idea how to live yeah I didn't know what structure was or what skill sets were. I had no clue, let alone how to handle um, an addiction mentality and transitioning that into a healthy mentality. Mm-hmm. And so I knew I needed rehab. You know, I, I knew that at that point I, I would, you know. So, yeah. Um, so during the, t- I, I knew it was going to take a while to get to get rehab. So for the time that I was there, I decided that I was going to um, work with a harm reduction agency and do outreach pro- programs where I was going out and helping homeless people and addicts, handing out supplies mm-hmm. and, and working with a peer support specialist okay. where she was helping me go to different rehabs and different clinics to learn what my best options were. So I'm kind of biding my time through this. I'm still using drugs. And this is my only way to cope Okay. Okay. to get through this. So um, my, my in- the only person I talked to, I mean... I was talking to my peer support specialist and stuff, but the only person I was intimately talking to or trusting was Jesus. And I was, I was in constant prayer. I was constantly in terror and, and helpless and hopeless and lost and devastated. And I wanted to know why God, like, why would I go? Why would I be sober? Why would this happen? You know, I was doing so good and and I was doing all the right things. I was mm-hmm. going to church, and, and I felt so close to you. Like, what did I do wrong? And so I, this is where I believe that, that, that God was showing. He used my, my mental health um, experience to my benefit where he, he um, I had visions and hallucinations. Like, you know, I know because I was on drugs, and I just had these really grand experiences and visions okay. where... Um, there was an experience I had where, um, so I saw like these giant hands, they were Mm -hmm. iridescent and glowy and glittery. And I was laying in, in the palm of them. Um, and I was literally in, in this vision laying in the palm of them. My grandmother used to hum that, you know, in the palm of his hands, the song in the palm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I could hear her humming that and then I knew I was in the palm of his hands. Mm. And so I was like, he's here with me. He's Jesus. here. You know, he's Jesus is here with me. Wow. And like so you're laying in the hands of Jesus. Yes. Yes. Wow. And I was in the palm of his hands. Like that was a comfort. Like you're going to be okay, Bonnie. I'm, Whoa. You're in my, like, I did not leave you. You relapsed, but I did not leave you. And so, you know, it's, it's much like that near death experience I had with just this knowing there was a lot of knowing through this as well. Mm. So, um, I remember I would go and get, um, at this point I'm using fentanyl, I would go and get my, the, the pills and I would pick them up and every time I would say, okay, Jesus, I don't know how I'm going to do this, so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get high with you. Like, please don't leave me. Please don't let me die. I don't know how to do this any other way. Like, and people would be like, you're, you know, you're blaspheming and you're, you know, other addicts around me and stuff and I, and I would just zone them out. Like, God, please mm-hmm. just stay right here with me. And I remember seeing like visions of like, um, like as if he were next to me um, and me touching his right hand wow. and the right, his right knee and his right foot and like literally sitting on his right foot, you know, like, please keep me safe mm-hmm. and teach me how to not do this, you know, and, and feeling his hand on my head as I'm doing it. Um, um, and then, so I start seeing these visions of me being a little girl and, um, 
it's not always while I'm high, you know, it, it's just throughout my day, mm-hmm. like anybody suffering from any psychological illness, you know, mm-hmm. just um, psych episodes or whatever. Um, so I start seeing these visions, me as a little girl, and I'm going up to this wall and I'm bashing my head, bashing my head over and over again. And I've got blood coming out my head and I'm so incessantly focused on doing this um, that I don't notice anything around me. And he gently pulls me in and holds me close. I mean, for a long time until I finally realized that, that Jesus is holding me. Mm-hmm. And so this goes on for, for many months. And, mm. and over time, he begins to show me that I, bec- I have a self-hatred, oh, that wow. I have an inability, inability to accept that anybody in the, wor- in the world, especially my father, would be so evil or wrong um, that they would want to hurt me. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess I perceived it as there's got to be something wrong with me because my daddy oh. wouldn't know, not my dad, mm-hmm. you know. Um, nobody's that bad. Nobody's that evil. I just couldn't obtain that in my wow. head. So I unconsciously was taking this all in is that I was innately born the monster's daughter kind of thing, you know, and, and that I, I had this coming. That was my lot in life. And so over and over I get these visions where he's showing me this. Um, um, I just remember an omnipresence. This is what I recall my refinement period, this relapse period. He, he showed me why I was using and when I was using, why I was using what I was using and when I was using it, why I was using it. Yeah. And to the degree that I was using it. Okay. <laughs> and why I was using around the people I was using around. Okay. It was, it was. Revelations. Yes, constant, constant. And so, you know, I got to the point where I knew I was going to be getting into rehab even. And I was like, oh, mm. wait, wait, wait. Did I cover everything? Did, did we get everything? Uh. Like, you know, <laughs> is everything covered? Um, and I felt an excitement brewing inside of me. I knew that I was, I knew that, that. I knew that I would be coming home again. I knew that, mm-hmm. that Jesus, I knew I was going to find the truth about myself. I didn't know okay. what it was. You know, I knew Jesus was about to reveal everything to me. Did you, so, this, so as this is going on and playing out, you could sense that this is like a moment, like this is a, a culmination coming to a head kind of thing? Yes, yes. Wow. So, you know, like I was there, you know, probably a little over a year. And so it had gone on for many right. months. And so, yeah, it's t- especially like after the six-month mark, Mm-hmm. I, I began to see a theme of things. I began to see that Jesus was showing me why I was using. And, you know, it's, it's crazy. Justin Sheely does a, um, a Wednesday night talk mm-hmm. about addiction. And he says the very thing. He says, what if we take our addiction and we include God into it? Oh, shoot. And that was the first, first um, Wednesday night, you know, talk that I saw when I got home the second oh. time. And I was like, ding, 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 ding. Homie's talking right Homie's to like, me. And I did, I did, I, I ran up to like my poor guy. I was like, hey, Justin, Pastor Cheely, oh my gosh, ding, ding, I love that video. And I still see him and I'm like, hey. I don't think I've seen <laughs> that one. I'll have to go back and watch yeah. that. Yeah, before I bapti- got baptized, I was like, I just need to sit down with you first and tell you, I love that video. That's great. <laughs> but yeah, um, okay. so yeah, I called him into my addiction and, and he gave me all the, all the scoop. <laughs> Jesus did. Jesus gave me all That's the scoop. Beautiful. Yeah. Man. And in, in that, I, b- I truly believe that with all these visions and all these, um, what's the word? All of this knowledge that he was giving me, he was healing me. Because when God says that he's going to make everything brand new, mm. he does. Mm. I am nothing that I used to be. 
nothing like I used to be at all. And my in my mental, like I don't think the way that I used to think. Yeah, I don't my, different perception, different you you know. And when I like now when I think you know a monster's daughter, it's like who, yeah. you know. I, yeah. I am I am a daughter of the Most High. Amen. <laughs> Thank you. And I have an, this experience, and I can use that to help little girls going through the same thing. But I'm not a monster's daughter. Do you know what I mean? Like it just doesn't doesn't sink with no. me now. <laughs> no, not man. Yeah. The so revelations is big. Yeah. That's, that's that's huge. That you can like God will use your circumstances. Yeah. To make Himself apparent to you, you know, and to make like it's just yeah, it's huge. Yeah. That's it was so a beautiful cool. experience. I wish that you know maybe I could take the time to like. I don't know. Maybe I'll write a book about that yeah, experience alone because it was a beautiful, amazing experience. I got a lot of deep um, answers that they don't necessarily, I mean, it's some, you know, I guess maybe half of them are about me and the why because, but mm. the other half are, are, um, are the reasons that Jesus, you know, the things that Jesus made unique about me. Um, mm-hmm, the, the mm-hmm. beauty that he put in, in me for his glory, the, yes. the purpose, you know what I mean? So yes. I, I don't look back at my life and go, Oh, what was me or that is sad or have any self pity. It's like, wow, that must be a great purpose. Come, Cause <laughs> right. There must be a reason. <laughs> there must be, yeah, this must be a great future ahead because that's a lot of, a lot of stuff to, you know, that can be used to glorify to God live with and carry and yeah. Yeah, all, all for the glory of God, right? So I mean, exactly. he can, he's got a lot of stuff to work with. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of ammunition, a lot of experience. That, that's the truth, though. I mean, we all go through these things, I think, for a reason. Yes. You know, like with me, I went through my searching and, and my, my speaking out against God and all that stuff for a reason. Yeah. You know, like Look I had, you now. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I had, to, I had to do all that first to get here, I guess. Yeah. You know, and, and, but yeah, I've never been happier, though. Yeah. What about you? Have you? Would you say that you're, you're a little happier now? I have now? never in my life known this kind of happiness, this kind yes. of freedom. Praise yeah. God. Praise, Praise God is right. Yes. Man. I th- at first, when we went into this, we were going to do two parts, but I think we're just going to roll through it in one segment nice. here. Because, yeah. man, it just, it just feels so it feels so right. Like, I just yeah. I don't want to cool. stop now. I just want to continue. Cool. Like, so, yeah. man, that's crazy. So you have this, you start having these, ex- you have an experience. It's yeah. coming to a head for you. You're realizing what you need to do, what needs to change, it sounds like. Yes. Well, what happened next? How did you end up just rolling with that? Um, okay, so, so I'd had these, child, you know, these visions where I'm a child and Jesus is showing me you know, that I'm, I'm bashing my head up against a wall. And I had come to this point where I'm actually standing at a chain link fence with my fingers holding onto the chain link fence. And in in my vision or whichever it may be, um, I'm a child and I'm, I'm desperate and I'm in tears and, you know, I'm at that state again, doing my thing where I'm just bashing my head. Um, mm-hmm. and Jesus tells me I can very, very, you know, it's that, that presence is just so magnificent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's like, he said, he said, um, I'm not going to force you. I'm not going to make you do anything i'm right here but you have to choose you know i love you and i'm here for you 
I can't force myself upon you. I, I want you to want me. That's what I see. I want you to want me. Wow. I want you. I want, you know, I am. I've shown you everything that, that I am. I've shown you everything that I can do, but yeah. I cannot force you. Yeah. You have to choose. And in my head, that moment, it clicked clear as day. And I, in my being, it was like, okay. And my being, my heart welled up with, with joy and happiness. I lifted my head up and immediately, like, I, I was I'm an adult in my present you know, self. And I looked behind me because I was in that deep vision, right, where Jesus was behind me, sitting behind me, talking to this child oh, okay. himself. So I instantaneously was, was my adult self. And I was so into it, I looked behind me. And, of course, you know, he wasn't there. I was in reality at this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. But at that, at that exact moment, everything in my life changed. Everything. Wow. The second that he, you know, that I said, okay. You Dude. have to choose. And I said, okay. I choose you. I choose you. you Jesus, oh, I choose goodness. you. That's powerful. Everything. Praise the Lord. Praise you know, Jesus. I didn't. There's no way. There's no. I mean, I'll try my best. When I look at my mother, when I, my mother's my hero in so many different ways. She's mm-hmm. just an amazing human being. And, and God blessed me with the best, most wonderful mother he could have. Um, when I watch my mother praise and worship, mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> hits you hard, huh? It's, yeah. Your your mom praises hard. Yeah, she does. She does. She does. And and you know, she she's <laughs> she's sold out. She's Jesus. sold out. Yeah, and she's got she's got her, definitely got some hardcore reasons to her yeah. life where you know it might not have gone that way, but she has stayed. She has stayed in love with Jesus, and she has been faithful to, you know, rear your children right, and they will return to the Lord. And yeah. and she is just wholehearted, faithful, good, good woman. And I watch her worship, and I just am in awe. I am in awe of that love, you know. And um, I'm really, really blessed to have a mother so um, to be such a beautiful example. You know, oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and so uh, Man. through through growing up, uh, yeah, the biggest phrase or the biggest you know biblical verse that she would tell me and my brother was uh, all things are possible through Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yep, Amen. And then uh, the one I remember the most prominent. When I remember from early on life in life, you know, like the ones, the one that she said at the most poignant moments, you know, the, the deepest moments was, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Um, wow. Yeah. I like that. That's true. Cause he's with us, you know, even when we don't think like in our, in our valleys, like he's still right there. Right. Right. Still and right there. I think that, you know, for whatever reason, I think, I mean, I know she knew that my dad had problems, but I, and I think maybe she could sense or she had her own concerns that maybe we would, you know, go our own way or lost our own way or there's a possibility at least because of the psychological issues or something. Yeah. But I think she she was smart to, to embed in us that, that he would never leave us nor forsake us, yep. you know, um, and that we could overcome the impossible with Christ. Um, those are very, very important things. Um, wow. And if I wouldn't have had those, if I wouldn't have had those, I wouldn't have made it. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are very, very, yeah. Wow. And, you know, going through this too with my grandmother, she had always said, Our God is a God of confirmation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so um, I did know Christ through my life in, in different different levels, you know, mm-hmm. um, and walking through this, going through back through that refinement, um, confirmation. Absolutely. <laughs> and then again, yeah. preparing for this podcast, just a bunch of things came to me. Then the confirmation, you know, like he, sure. he definitely wants us to know he's there. And hundred <laughs> percent, he does. Yes. My goodness, and he'll come after you like running the exact way he needs to. <laughs> yes. You know, and in, in your case, you know, using your circumstances and. Wow. Yes. That's, that's big. Yes. He knows that's, us so intimately. Yeah. Every thought, every feeling, he knows us so intimately. Even the stuff we don't want to admit ourselves. True that. He's going to search our heart no matter what. No matter what. Yeah. Man, he's going to uncover it all too. Yes. A little bit at a time or a bunch at a time. <laughs> <laughs> it's up to him really, right? <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, the potential is big with Jesus. So man, you, you have this amazing experience it sounds like that's going to be like the the catalyst for some major change is that what happened absolutely <laughs> that's when i um i got into a, a really great um rehab so buena vista praise the lord treatment center yes praise god um couldn't have asked for a better place every single employee there loves their job and um they've been there they've done that they're they're okay. on fire for what they do. I was so grateful in detox. I had my own bathroom and bedroom because detox is not pretty. Oh man, it must be rough. Yeah, I had a, a um, you know, from that possession charge, I was put on probation, and so um, I thought I was off at halftime. So did my Navajo County probation oh. officer, and we didn't know that I was absconding when I went back to Tucson. They didn't release me from Pima County, so I technically was absconding. So I went in for, for rehab, and I got through the detox, and they're like, we can't let you stay here. Mm-hmm. Why? You're absconding. What is that? That Sorry. means running from the law. Okay. <laughs> I see. Thank you. I'm very yes. naive. No, it's better to be there. She doesn't even have a parking ticket or nothing. I, <laughs> she's, I wish I was like that. Yeah, she's, she's inspiring. That is inspiring. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of like how I feel when someone says they've been to prison. I'm like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I never went there. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Anyway, <laughs> God bless them too. <laughs> so yeah, um, I found out that I had a warrant for my arrest. Ah. Um, and then I technically was, yeah, I was still on, pro- I was still on that probation and had violated. Um, so they weren't going to let me in, into res- the residential program, which is very few are selected to go from detox to, sure, to yeah. residential. Um, and, I, and they said, what do you want me to do? And I said, call my probation officer or the cops. I don't know, but I got to handle it. And God's good. For whatever reason, they decided that was acceptable. And they came back the next day and said, we want to put you in residential. You're ready for treatment. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Just that like that. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, overnight i was please god please god please praying hard huh yeah i yeah i had i uh split ways with my ex at that point and and it was kind of a you know psych <laughs> Did yeah. you know? i did not want to go back out to the streets either so mm. um but anyways um it's funny now anyways mm. so i got in there i got into the residential program um all my facilities are amazing people um Good. i love the program um i get you know sunday service um, um, one-on-one time, you know, mm-hmm. with my facilitators, I, I just, 
it, it gave me everything that I needed that I longed for my first time in recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, a structured environment, what to fill my days with. I see. Um, so this I, one was a little bit better than the ones you had been to previously? I, I hadn't been to one before. This is my first time. Remember okay. last time I had white-knuckled it without oh, it? Oh, I see. Code? Yeah. So the, it gave me everything that I needed to be able to have life skills and how to live life. Oh, nice. You know, Good. and how to, to move past the, the negative uh, impacts of, of what drugs do to you and yeah. the ways they make you think. So I was there for 30 days. Um, amazing, amazing time. And I discovered about two weeks in... I want to do this for a living. Mm. <laughs> These are my people, <Okay>. addicts. <laughs> the outreach, the outreach community and stuff, and I just I want to work with addicts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this, this I know. Sure, <laughs> I know addiction for sure. You know, and so, um, and I have a good level of, of compassion for people, and I have a great amount of hope. Um, I I love people, and. Mm-hmm. I just, I was on fire for it. And I thought, oh, Jesus, is this my purpose? <laughs> That's neat. You know, so I, I prayed about it and, and I just, yeah. So it was great. And, and I decided, well, there's a uh, class that they wanted you to write down your goals and your dreams or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they taught you how to sub goal your goals and how do you, you achieve them, you know, a breakdown of how to achieve your goals. And um, I had listed on there to get a job in recovery and I had, you know, several things. And, um, on the top of it, I listed um, my my dream life, my best life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, anyways, I got out of there and I, and I came back home up here uh, right away at church. Right away, couldn't wait to see awesome. my people. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was super excited to do that. Uh, Just I, a welcome back, like a, like finally, like good to be back. Oh. Yeah. I bet. Like yeah. a relief, huh? Yeah. You know, I, the first two services I went to, I, I just, I mean, I was so happy. Tears were just like oh, flowing yeah. down my face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You'll see. I don't know if you guys see me at church. I'm just like, my arms are straight up. Just like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> straight connection with gratitude. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. yeah um, so I had got a, um, I had got a job and I was professionally cleaning and I was trying to do what, Recovery says the right thing to do. You get a sponsor and you go to the NA meetings and mm-hmm, you're, mm-hmm. Um, you know, being of service and, and all these things. I unfortunately did not have a great experience with that. Oh. Um, the sponsor that I had was somebody that I used to run with in the streets oh, in shoot. Tucson. And they have four years clean. They're a couple, four years clean, but not much has changed in their thinking. Mm. They're clean, but they're not, their mentality's the same. I see. Um, and I, and I didn't, I just, we just didn't gel. We just didn't, you know, it didn't fit. Yeah. And she had gotten me a job, um, with her company, that cleaning company she worked for, uh, the girl that was my sponsor. And, um, I was grateful for it. You know, I, I don't like to let people down and I like to stay to my commitment. So I stayed in there and stayed in there. Um, I had to have a, a ventral hernia surgery. And so I was down for a couple months. Um, and I learned I got to stop taking my will back from Jesus. You know, you give your will to God mm-hmm. and you got to let him keep it. <laughs> mm, okay. And even though it's like, that wasn't my intention, darn it. That's what I was doing. You know, like, mm. I struggle with that still. Mm. Um, um, just out of sheer wanting to do, you know, I, but I want to do better. I want to do the best or, you, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I just, I'm still learning to relax and to, to let go and let God lead 
You oh, know, okay. I'm still like just let it happen, and then yeah, like he's gotten me through so much. You know, okay. like he's gonna get me through. I see. I see. <laughs> yeah, like he's still working. Yeah, he's still. Yeah, he's. he's yeah, it's. Okay. I don't need to be um in control. I don't need to be oh, the I one see. that's you know making. You know, it's better to let him lead. I understand. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so um. Anyways, uh, the so, I was praying and praying and praying for another way to go somewhere else. The sponsor didn't work well. The meetings weren't, you know, that she ran. The job that I had was just becoming very depressed. And I was praying. And then I saw on the church, you know, Facebook site that mm-hmm. um, Julie was opening the women's ministry, recovery ministry. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yes, I'm so super excited because I, I although NA is great, you know, for a lot of people, um, I am very much very much a, a Christian woman mm-hmm. and my higher power is God and and um <laughs> I don't know how you say it. so um there's that that thing that's saying you know I'm powerless over my addiction right. okay so there's a difference of um that to um I'm powerless I'm powerless in my addiction without Jesus Christ they're two different things I understand what you're saying and so what resonates with me is what happens in in the women's um, recovery ministry, and um, yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting you mentioned that because yeah, I, I've it, is it's true though, right? Like they you 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 just you mentioned they they acknowledge a higher power, but it's not named. It can be some people call their higher power a doorknob. Yeah. Or it can be any or the universe or something or that yeah. guy down there. Yeah, the it flames. Could be, yeah, could or be any anything it's yeah. open to interpretation yes interesting and yeah it's like and it's not i always look at it like um the 12 steps were designed a way to help people come to learn who mm. jesus is in their walk to there's you know in that that's that portion of it that's how i perceived it mm-hmm. but it i didn't experience that up here i, I have a very minimal you know less than six months experience in that sector so sure um but uh but yeah, so for me, I already had my higher power, and yeah, yeah. So this is a good entryway, like a like the the NA is is kind of a good base where you know to bring people to this realization that there is a higher power. But yeah. it sounds like Julie's women's recovery ministry is more Jesus focused, absolutely, as the higher power. Yes, we got we got Bible verses, we got yeah. you know straight that's devotionals. Good. I think that's important. Yes, yeah. it's sh- amazing, beautiful group of ladies. We those are my sisters right there. Yeah, <laughs> we um we are in group chat. We exchange you know Bible verses, uh, YouTube videos, um, constantly encouraging each other. We meet up once a week. We hear mm. each other's testimonials. We work the steps you know amongst each other's. I have never been involved with a group of, of people, women, that I, I've never felt this amount of support, That's beautiful. Y- you know, and acceptance. It's an amazing like a blessing. True family. Yes, true family. True friends, not, yes. not street friends, friends that are relying on each other yes. for specific reasons. Yes. We're talking about true friendship. Yes, like-minded women of God. All yes. serving the same purpose. All, yes, yes. That's that's important. Yes, all been there, done that. Yeah. Yes. There's no like fakeness, obviously, right? Right. Right. Like and we've all been through the NA thing, and we all have the same, you know, kind of standpoint there yeah. too. That you know, we're just we're all super grateful. Like, mm. thank you, Julie. <laughs> yeah, Julie's nice. Yeah. yeah. So I got that, and then uh, so that led me. Um, 
I right around after the time I started that, I decided I, um, I want to get baptized. Praise the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> we, we both got baptized within like a couple of weeks of each other, I believe. You oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I got baptized. Oh, it's not up here. Um, <laughs> April. I thought it was in my office. It a, I have a plaque on the wall. But um, yeah, it was like April 16th. It was the week after Easter. Yeah, the week after Easter. Oh. So we were like right in there. We were in the same window of baptisms. I didn't know that. Yeah. I got to start going to second service. <laughs> <laughs> you see all these happen. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're powerful. I love watching the baptisms. And yeah. I don't know if, if you listen to my testimony. I was always like hard up about baptism for some reason. And uh, well, yeah. I go into it, but, but, yeah, yeah. but, but like now that I have been baptized and I get to see it, yeah. you know, it, it really touches me. Yeah. Especially with the kids, right? And they bring out the, the other kids from the youth um, yeah. ministry, I think is what, what it is. And they set them all up front yeah. and stuff. That's like, that it, was it, awesome. it, it gets me every time. Man. Yeah. And because then they, you know, the camera pans out and you can see like the other kids are happy for them. That's so sweet. It is. It's like, dude, there's a thing <laughs> happening right here. You know, it's yeah. really cool. It's powerful. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, you got baptized. And that, I, I was doing the video board. That day, so, so I, cool. I was teared up in the back, and oh. you, your video testimony was amazing. Oh, thank you. It was like right to the point, all glory, you know, all glory to God. It was, it was beautiful. It was good. It was well thank put, you. and it was good. It was wonderful. Thank you. I loved it. <laughs> how, how did being baptized um, make you feel like in the moment, like that you're sitting in the tub? What, what, what did it feel like? That was the single most. Wonderful you moment of my cry. entire life. Wasn't Single, it? Most wonderful, amazing oh, moment so of my life. Absolutely. You know, did you see the shirt I had on what it said? I th- no, what did it say? It said, you called my name and oh. I ran out of the grave. Yes, I did see that. <laughs> I love that song. That was my, you know, that's my, you know, yeah, my battle cry. That's beautiful. <laughs> but, um. Yeah, I was very happy for you. Yeah, that, uh, um. That shirt's pretty important, but yeah. And this is the the cross. My I was baptized in this cross too. <laughs> but yeah, I That's I wonderful. felt, uh, I felt it truly felt like coming home, and it yeah. felt like I. You know that moment where I talk mm. about where I was the child, um, child, you know, my mind and I stood, and I was an adult, and there was just that instant, you know, joy in that. As soon as I came out of sure. the water, it was very, very, very much like that, That's like awesome. just completely light and free and wow. Yeah. Was it uh, was it Ernie? Ernie baptized you? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so cool. That's my homie. The homie. <laughs> yeah, I love that guy. Yeah, when I re- when I went out in my relapse, um, yeah. he reached out to me and so did Ryan Lowe. Really? Yes. Love Ryan. And I uh, Ryan Lowe. Yes. We love you, buddy. Love you for sure. Shredding those drums for Jesus. That's right. It's a big bro. Yeah. <laughs> he's a, good people. Yes. He's, he's a savage for for Christ. That's yeah. for sure. Yes. You too, Ernie. Love yeah. you. too, Ernie. We love you. Thank you for leading <laughs> us to church, breaking it down. Get amped. You get me amped when you, when yeah. you get amped. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Man, so baptism, that was beautiful. Yeah. That was a beautiful thing. What, um, so like after you get baptized, mm-hmm. what's like the vibe? Did you, uh, obviously you're still on fire. Yes. Right? Like what, what was fire. next after baptism? Did you feel like a sudden urge? Like to, or, how did your life change after that? You know, it's it's like my baptism was just for me. It was like um, it was like 
I kind of felt like I was behind the ball. It's like my life is changing and everything mm-hmm. is going the way it needs to go. But oh yeah, I need to do this. Do me too. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of late at this baptism thing. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's going so great. I better get on. Right. It's like there's one last missing piece, I guess. Yeah. Like yeah. Jeez, that's so cool. Yeah, and so um, since then, um, I okay, I have I got a new vehicle, new to me. Okay. Blessings. <laughs> um, yes. So, uh, yes, I'm making payments on it, minimal payments on it. It's, it's, it's a blessing. <laughs> it to is. Have. It's so nice to be able to drive myself somewhere. Yeah. You know, <laughs> on you. my own. Freedom, your own car. <laughs> the part of having to pay for my own gas isn't the greatest. Well, that's rough. <laughs> these I'm days. Serious, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 yeah, that enabled me um, um, a lot of opportunities. And, um, the first thing is that I was able to get a job at Beacon Treatment Center. Yes. Shout out. Where are they at? They're out in Vernon. Okay. Awesome, awesome, amazing, wonderful people. I love you guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, I love going to work every day. It's like getting a warm hug from everybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's a men's rehab. Okay. And they're a bunch of great guys. You know, mm. it's... Um, Good like work I'd, out there. Yeah, like I had said, I'd had that dream best life, you know, and to work. And so it's um, it's the first, it's like a, it is a dream come true. It's <laughs> Yeah, your life is coming together. It's yeah. like falling all in, in, apart. It's not apart. It's falling into peace. It's fi- yeah, finding into, a place. Yeah, into one big picture now. Yeah, exactly. It's wonderful. Exactly. You know, it's, it was all in one week. I had my 10 and a half months or my 10 months sober mark. Um, my My interview for Beacon. My birthday and then my baptism, Man. I was like a mess. I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> Jeez, that's a lot happening. Yeah, but when I went to my interview for Beacon, mm-hmm. you know, I hadn't had an interview in 20 years. Uh-huh. I had, you know, had a job. Scary. And I was driving out there like, I was comfortable. In, like, this ain't nothing but a thing. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> and so I started praying and praising God. And I was just like, Thank you, Jesus, for thank you for this and that, you know, and for giving me making me comfortable. And I was just, yeah. I just figured, Lord was just putting on me like, girl, mm, you know. Yeah, at this point, the interview ain't <laughs> mm, nothing really. <laughs> You're an addict, buddy. They're gonna love you. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna do great. But yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I was I was nervous when I was in front of him, but sure. <laughs> getting out there, I was, you know, that's cool. It was great. But yeah, so I got that, and and I love those people I work with. They're amazing, and it's a great. Wonderful job. I I believe in it and I'm passionate about it and and it's awesome to watch people yeah. you know walk into I can imagine yeah. to a wonderful good life and, and to let some some pain go, you know. Yeah. See that hope every day is amazing. Plus I work with my best friend Kelly Hudson, so Oh good. <laughs> that helps. I love her too. <laughs> That's awesome. So man, baptized and then these blessings seem like they're rolling in. Yes. And, and yeah, and then I'm starting to volunteer with um, women's uh, walk run away from abuse. Oh yeah, yep, yep. Patrice, um, Patrice. and Patrice and Amber Shout and out. Randy, yeah, yeah all the ladies. Super excited, you know, going with that because they're doing know, good stuff too. I know addiction and I know abuse, so there you go. There you go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Those are two two purposes right there. Two things, mm-hmm. you know. God is turning into good for his glory. So I'm super yep. excited about that. Because if, uh, yeah, check out their podcast, guys. Women's, oh, I'm sorry, women's, it's the Walk, Run, Away from Abuse, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it's every other Friday. Yes. Yep. And, and we're going to have a float. Oh, nice. In the parade. Oh, in the parade? I don't know if you're going to say Okay, it, cool. Yeah, yeah. Nice. 
Nice. That'd yeah. be fun. You're going to be on that? I hope You're so. You're throwing like t-shirts or something? I'm going to do everything I can for that group. I'm telling you what. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to wear a purple tutu? Anything I can for that group. I'm telling you what. Good. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, they're great. We love them a lot. Too. Yes. They're all so, so amazing. Amazing yeah. women up here. I'm telling you. You too, Nikki. I love you to pieces. Thank you. Aww. Aww. I love you. I think she's great. <laughs> she is. I watch her play that guitar every Sunday. And I'm just like, look at that. She's like, I know. Stringing along. Yep. I do I'm it. in Jesus. Do it again. Yep, you do. You do a good job. I mean, because you, I hear your testimony. It's just, yeah, both of you guys are just amazing. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. So. So like now it's like a whole 180. Like you did. You did the street thing, you did the you thing, and now you're doing the Jesus thing. Yeah. And now you're helping others. Yeah. This is... Man. What, so, so what is next? What's next? In, in that, what are your goals going forward? Um, glory be to God. Thank you so much, Jesus. I never could have imagined this life. I never could have imagined... I mean, people tell you, like, he'll blow your mind. You know, mm. beauty for the ashes, and he will exceed your expectations. Oh, stay in line. It's true, huh? <laughs> he is a he is a man of his word and, and his promises are true. Yes, absolutely. Praise so, the Lord. Um, um, my plans now. I want. I'm I'm writing my I'm writing my story. Okay. Um, the first time I had uh, writing mind published was when I was 14 years old. It was mm-hmm. a poem. I want to get back to that. I love writing. Writing. Wow. Yeah. Um. So. Like a biography <laughs> kind of thing. Your story. Um. Basically, what we just did here, just a little bit okay. more, you know, yeah, detailed in some other ways. But yeah, my mm-hmm. my goal in life is to be able to help. When I was growing up, the there there was not words for certain things, you know. When you were molested by your father, touched by your father, that wasn't a thing, mm-hmm. you know. They were just kind of therapists would look at you like, well, um, um, I'll, I'll be right back. Hang on, mm. you know. And they'd come in like, here, uh, draw a picture. Mm. There was just no way to, you know. I definitely knew I was an odd kid. So my goal, one of my goals in life is to reach little girls that have been through what I've been through and um, to help in some way, shape, or form develop an avenue that they can communicate and they can find resources and they can find help and hope and Mm -hmm. comfort and safety. Christ, hopefully Jesus too. You know, needed, much <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Come to Jesus, come to Jesus. So, yeah. yeah, you know that's the biggest thing right there. But sure. however the Lord wants to use me, absolutely. So I work with um, I work with mentors, um, a couple of facilitators. I want to um, get a podcast podcast going of my own one day. This is not till very far in the future, but um, and that's just that's for young girls, you know, for girls that have gone through similar. Yeah, harsh. You know, they don't know. Still to this day, uh, still to this day, there's not much known to do with girls that have severe abuse mm-hmm. very early on in life, yeah. and for so long, there's just not a lot of answers. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they, it's like an evolving type of. Yeah, yeah. There's there's temporary things, and there's there's therapies that are, are you know helpful. Yeah. But I just hope that down, you know, then in the future down the road. Um, that there's more that can be gathered, and I just want to be a place that's a resource center or a hope option. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, sense? That's, yeah, that's good. Yeah, and um, continue to work in recovery. Okay. Continue yep. to stay plugged in with my family at the church. Absolutely. Help any way I can serve in the church. That's do whatever cool. I can. Do stay, stay, stay clean. Stay clean. Oh, yeah. psh, yeah. What? Oh, I do drugs, huh? What? Yeah. How long have you been clean now? 
I am at 10 months, 19 days. Nice. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Shout out. Shout out, yeah. That's awesome. Glory be to God. Whatever, whatever he has for me ahead, I am there. Mm-hmm. I am there. Just say yes to Jesus. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I, have, I have shown to myself, I've shown myself over and over again, I don't make the right choices. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think not once did I make the right choices. At least choice. you're honest. I mean, yeah. yeah, there's no denying that. We don't always make the right choices. No, no denying that. Yeah. And then whoever says they did is a dang liar. Yeah. yeah. I'm terrible at right choices. So. Yeah. It's much easier just to let him yeah. <laughs> take the lead. Yeah, we can all, we all have things we need to work on. Yeah. That, that's for sure. <laughs> that is for sure. Even yeah. me. <laughs> Even Nikki, Nancy, Angel Nikki over here has a right. couple things she could work on. That makes me feel better. Yes. Yeah. We can all no stay human. That's a good thing. Exactly. Yeah, no one is lost. No one is too far gone. No. That's right. We are all savable through Jesus. That's right. You know. And one more thing, if it's okay, yeah. I wanted to say. So I, I do have a brother. I was raised, you know, um, it's just him and I. Um, and, and my brother battles with addiction as well. Um, he's had, you know, some instability in his life and Right now, he's locked up in, in prison in Yuma. Oh, wow. Um, he's, he's made some wrong choices in his life as well. However, um, he knows Jesus. He's, um, he's serving the Lord in prison. Mm-hmm. He's, um, he knows everybody at the church. You know, um, mm-hmm. We're actively trying to get him moved closer to home, to a prison closer to home. Oh, and wow. We're, Smart. Yeah. We're, um, he needs... You know, his daughter moved from Montana with her family and her sons and everything. But it's a lot to take them to Yuma. It's too much money to take them to Yuma to go through the day process to visit to all his other stuff. Totally. It's just too much. And it's not fair because we need him as much as he needs us. Yeah, yeah. And so we're trying to get him moved up here. Either way, I just, I just wanted to ask, um, for anybody listening, if it's on your heart, just please, please pray. Please yep. pray for my brother to come home. Please, please pray for Bonnie's family. For Thank you. For his future. For his recovery, for his redemption. Yes. Let's keep Bonnie in our prayers. Thank you. That she stays strong in her sobriety. That she stays strong in Jesus and the word and serving. Thank you. Yeah. We will absolutely keep praying for you. Thank you so much. That's beautiful. Bless you guys. Yeah, God bless you. Is there anything else that you wanted to, to wrap up with? Just thank you so much, guys. This is such an awesome awesome thing to do you know thank what a you. great way to to be an instrument yeah like thank you I, I have a feeling you know there's a lot of people who are going to vibe with your story everyone knows someone who struggled with the things that you struggled with yeah. and so i think um i think you know the way you speak about it is helpful you know I, you. I think i think we'll be able to reach some people you know with your testimony and your experience and i hope so and um yeah i just i thank you you know for being open for being vulnerable and honest with us and it's not an easy subject to talk about it's it's really not and so i just yeah thank you and like i said we're gonna pray keep praying for you and thank you love you and we're glad we met you yes oh likewise i love you guys thank you so much yeah i can't wait to to serve more with you yeah like who knows what else will happen i know right so fun (laughs) yeah it's cool yeah sky's the limit yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. i say that all the time and i finally i just barely got to say that for the first time in a podcast (laughs) yes there you go sky's the limit there you go
Anyways, guys, I hope you enjoyed that, folks. Thank you for tuning in. That's the first um, episode of our redemption series, Road to Recovery. And you heard it. She's on a road. She's on her road right now. Bonnie's on the road to recovery with Christ. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) That's it, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Um, Email us if you have any questions, sanctifiedstudio at gmail.com. We love you guys. God bless you all. Stay strong. God bless. God bless. Bye. Bye. Bye.